Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to whatever episode this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McKeady. My hair is down this week. My hair is down. I am truly, I'm so comfortable. I'm so chill because I know that this episode is going to be easy, fun, funny, light. I feel swaddled. I am joined today by my, I don't even know what to call you at this point, my internet road dog. Yes. (laughs) Dara, how are you? Troy, I'm, I'm better with you and I will say I'm even better picturing you with your hair down like (laughs) I'm picturing you in like a really beautiful like Lisa Rinna wig or something (laughs) just like very straight and you just like shaking out your hair (laughs) I'm really sensually removing bobby pins like in a like a thriller film yes you know what I mean removing them from my twist and then (laughs) yes Yes. (laughs) and you take off your glasses and you shake it out and we're like oh he's beautiful I'm like I'm like literally doing that right now though is the funny thing like I'm like actually like shaking my head like a Charlie's angel removing her uh, like helmet uh when you talk about it you have to do it it's just voluntary to. um Dara first of all okay so I have so many questions for you before we even get into it today just so you guys know we are discussing Jennifer's body this was the most requested movie by far when I did a poll on my Instagram about what horror movies you guys wanted to see me cover this month. This was the one. So we're going to just start right out the gate hot. I can't think of a better person to discuss it with. But before we get into the Jennifer's body of it all, I first and foremost have to ask you, Dara, are you watching, are you watching Holly Madison review Girls Next Door on YouTube by chance? Honey, (laughs) am I ever, that is my ASMR. I knew it. It is, ugh. I okay I have gotten now into the habit well so I first I watched like the first two and then I went back and I put up my Tubi browser Mm. and my YouTube browser and so every time she says something because she doesn't play the episode Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. within the episode so now I'm just like double clicking through each each browser like pause pause Mm -hmm. play just so I can really watch it along with her. 
that's actually a really good idea because she doesn't even I was actually wondering this too like I was like is she wearing airpods or is she literally watching the show on mute hmm I don't think she's watching it on mute because well maybe she is because there are moments where it feels like she's just commenting generally on what's happening but right. then other times she does sort of mention like oh someone said this mm-hmm. I think she must have this is my guess she has one ear pod in mm-hmm. in like the side that isn't camera that's what I was thinking too because I was like there's no way she's just gonna watch this silently like what um but no that's such a good idea I want to do that because I do visually want to see what she's looking at and I thought it was really funny in the first one that she was like I know that there are other people doing this online she's like Whitney Port is currently doing this but like you guys have to understand that Whitney Port has a better relationship with her producers than I ever will like they will block me from talking about this so I'm not gonna take the chance it's so funny I I would I will I would say to her um she should really try to do a little more of a concerted effort to kind of illustrate a little more what's happening because not everyone is going to be like me and so interested in it that I'm flipping back because that is very conscious viewing to be doing that like the first time around I was putting on makeup and just sort of you know, listening to it. Um, and you don't really understand what's happening. She needs to, she needs to be a more colorful storyteller, you, but I still love it. You couldn't be more right though. And it's so funny because she'll post like, like she doesn't show images of the episode, I guess, because she's worried about that too, which I think that's like maybe a little overboard. Like you that, could show that is overboard. She could easily use screenshots. I she, think <laughs> she only uses like like um you know 2002 like Kodak Easy Share Polaroid photos of... oh yeah because that that's the photos she owns I bet yeah they're like pictures that were stuck in her mirror in her room yes. you know what I mean um also did you notice that she pretty much never except like one or two times and I think probably accidentally mentions Kendra by name she yeah. calls her this girl yes she does <laughs> I love it because she knows she knows better well and I also at first I was confused because I didn't realize what she was doing and I was like who the f is she talking about this girl I was like and I like went into the episode and I was like oh Kendra right yeah because it's like she knows that it'll get used as a soundbite she is very savvy with that yeah She's smart. I love her so much. Like, like you said, it's, it is her. ASMR, really. It's everything. I'm, I think Holly Madison is ASMR embodied. Just yeah. like her face, her looks are ASMR to my to my eyes. Her her voice is ASMR to my ears. Yes, I'm sure she smells like oh. something that would tickle my nostrils oh my god I know you know she just smells good from absolutely head to toe for sure absolutely <laughs> and, and you know that like she has the softest upper arms like she's she doesn't oh. have any of like the ketosis or whatever it is like little bumpies she <laughs> right. is 
perfectly smooth and a perfectly even complexion from shoulder to wrist. Yeah, no, um, no chicken skin. No chicken skin, baby. <laughs> I hope that she somehow comes across just this clip of us speaking about her, actually, to be honest with you. And, you know, um, podcast, podcast nation, do your thing. <laughs> yeah, let her know. We know she doesn't have chicken skin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, so as I said before, we were talking about Jennifer's body today. I'm so excited to get into this with you because... I just have so many thoughts. Like I'm actually, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by how much this movie makes me feel. And I, I know that you, I, I just have a feeling that you're the same way. Um, and I just have to first ask you, like, what is your journey with this movie? And when was the first time you saw it? And did you like it when you first saw it? Okay. Um, you're exactly right that this, this movie is so it's me. It, it embodies me. It embodies my sensibilities. Right. Um, so I probably watched, so it came out in 2009, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I saw it a few years later, um, just like by myself on TV. And I will say one of the heartbreaking things is I never watched it in theaters because of the way they bumbled the marketing campaign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know they they talk about this um in articles and stuff as like a look back on on how it became a cult hit mm-hmm. but it was marketed to teenage boys because of Megan Fox when it very much is not a teenage boy movie right um just by like you know putting her in like sexy outfits on the poster and just like cutting the trailer as just being sexy which listen I love a sexy woman um Megan Fox is my bi queen okay um but I was just like Ugh, what is this I I didn't think too much about it right. watched it for the first time and honestly maybe it was the best time for me to watch it at this point towards the end of college because I had had a Jennifer's body type relationship with mm. a girl in college. So <gasps> it resonated with me on such a high level that it probably wouldn't have if I saw it before that point. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I watched it then, then I watched it again a few years later, obsessed with it some more. And then I watched it this past weekend in preparation. And it really does every viewing to me completely holds up. I agree with that. And I really respect the fact that you had a sort of natural, progressive, like learning to love this movie, because I feel like with the way that this movie is written about now, uh, it does feel like people, there are a lot of people who genuinely love it and have had the same journey as you. And then there's this other group of people who, like think they're supposed to like it now yeah Mm -hmm. and like that's so annoying like every single person that I see being like Jennifer's body I'm like there's no fucking way that you like this movie for longer than like a month exactly I mean to me Jennifer's body so um I'm I'm getting into um the horror game as far as um I'm a if y'all don't know me I I also write (laughs) 
Um, and I'm getting into <laughs> I'm getting into writing horror movies. And cool. Jennifer's Jennifer's bot Jennifer's body and get out. And also um the invitation, which is mm. uh written and directed by Karen Kusama, who directed Jennifer's body. Oh, I didn't know that she directed the invitation. Yes. Um, but those are like my three three of not my biggest influences in horror but influences as far as like uh, realizing what a horror movie could be mm-hmm. and inspiring like what kind of style I would want to have and yeah I'm just absolutely absolutely obsessed you know it's so funny because it's like I I am it's like I'm happy that more people care about this movie now and understand how incredible it is how fucking well written it is and how fleshed out these characters are and you know how amazing Amanda and and uh and Megan are in this film um but it it also makes me it makes me sad and it kind of it makes me very angry that like it took a whole fucking me too movement and a bunch of women coming forward about being assaulted for people to understand like the nuance of a woman as a lead in a horror film written by a woman is it that fucking hard? you know what I mean like and people were really really confused by the thought of this movie when it came out like they really just could not wrap their head around it and I think that it's because and we'll talk about this like obviously we'll get into it but I think that it's because it breaks all it purposely breaks all of the traditional horror tropes and it does it in this really sort of like in your face way like you know, you never really, it, like, this movie was marketed to be, like you said, of, like, women having, like, lesbian experiences, and Megan Fox with hard nipples being sexy, and, <laughs> you know, getting out of a lake or whatever naked, but it's funny, because when you watch the movie, and the reason that men, you know, young boys didn't like it, is because you never actually see Megan naked, and it feels really intentional that you don't, like, there, there's a million scenes that are in slow motion, and they seem like they're going to lead up to the traditional, you know, payoff of, you know, the slow camera pan down the body, the body is wet, you look at her boobs, and it purposely doesn't do it. And it does it in a way that's like, like I said, it seems intentional and kind of like a slap across the face. And I completely agree with that. And I also think that uh, a lot of, I mean, movies in general, but a lot of horror movies really caters to the male gaze Mm -hmm. um and this often like you said it subverts that but it I think I think a lot of the men who watched this the horror fans were kind of put off by a female lead a female monster um and then all of the victims being boys mm-hmm. like a sort of like castration of the entire gender where literally every guy in the movie kind of gets his gets his end right and in the end in some way or another the women kind of triumph sort of in, in right. the best way they can 
Yeah, I agree with that. It's it's really it really is a movie about like female emotions and mm-hmm. female friendship. You know, at the core of this movie, yes. it's about two girls that are friends and you know, the horror stuff is really like the it's almost the B plot. The A plot of the movie is their friendship and them navigating this really confusing, you know, at times uh codependent at times Mm -hmm. competitive at times sexual uh you know this really layered female friendship that is just like insanely interesting like the their friendship is the heart of this movie I I have a theory that I'm just thinking of on the fly here okay is I think all of the best horror movies you can really like attribute a lot of symbolism to them but they're also very um just like monster bloody horror forward where if you want to dig into the symbolism you can but if you Mm -hmm. just want to watch it passively Mm -hmm, you can mm -hmm. do that too jennifer's body is so like you said the horror is kind of the b-plot and there's so much more heart in it and like women being able to uh like see themselves in the movie like you can identify I mean I'm sure there's not many people being like I'm a Jennifer but you you (laughs) can you can like see yourself in this friendship um and I imagine there was like a lot of guys who just show up to see a horror movie and they they don't see themselves in this Mm -hmm. friendship and then the horror is fun but it's not super straightforward like slasher movie or whatever um and they just like it just went over their heads like honestly it's like a little too smart for them I was gonna say I do think that it's too smart it's too smart for the average sort of horror bro Mm -hmm. I really do believe that and I think because you know I've always said, and I've said this many times on this podcast when I've covered um, female-driven horror movies, I love female rage horror. Like, Me too. I love that so much. Obviously, you know, like Carrie is like one of my all-time favorite movies. And I think it does such a good job of uh, of using, you know, the concept of like female hormones as like a monster, a metaphorical monster. Yes. Um. And this movie, it is not, like you said earlier, it's not, it's not through the male gaze. So when men go see it, it's like they don't understand the beats of it because it's about the emotions of these girls. Like it's about the changes that are happening to Jennifer after an assault. Exactly. And it's, I mean, I, in my experience as just being like um, a witness to men, not not being one myself I have never really not maybe a little bit but not as much across the board seen the dynamic of friendship between two men that I can that I've seen time and time again with two women which is like it is a romantic relationship that is yet still platonic like a codependent like they're basically girlfriends but they're not like 
bridging the like sexual maybe a little bit but not all the way like I just feel like I've had so many friendships in my life where it like burns hot and fast Mm -hmm. and we're like obsessed with each other and we might as well be girlfriends right and it's like this is my number one person but actually it's like kind of toxic you literally just said a fucking mouthful and you, I, I mean, it looks like you're reading my notes. You just like kind of scared me a little bit, to be honest. It's like, a, I, I'm having a Jennifer's body moment. Uh, <laughs> you're like word for word reading my notes in front of me. Um, no, like it's, you're completely right. And I think, you know, as somebody who, you know, as I always say, as a gay man, it's like truly being on the edge of glory because you get to experience life as a man and see how men operate. But like, men are so like discarded around me like their their guard is so down because they're not threatened by me that I see this weird side of straight men that I don't think women get to see very often yeah women inside if you will where they're like yeah I mean I actually really like Britney Spears about you know, like I see all that stuff <laughs> yeah um, but then like obviously I've like only really been super close in my life like really intensely close to women and groups of women and like watching really intimately watching seeing female friendships and I like this to me was like very visceral like even watching it now I was like god like there's so much about this that makes me feel like I'm in middle school high school college again like I just it's so intense and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said like female friendships especially when you're younger and you are sort of less aware of your surroundings and how people perceive you yeah it's like you are truly soul bonded and like you said sometimes it teeters on intimate and like this really sometimes sexual but like sometimes non-sexual where like it almost extends sex it's like you're like mind fucking every day yeah it you know okay there's this like watching it watching it for a third time um I feel like I picked up so many more things that I think I like vibed with just intuitively but I was able to pick it out a little more Mm. and there's I forget at what point in the movie it's towards the beginning where like Jennifer is getting like aggressive Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. with needy and it's kind of like um like a like a roughhousing wrestling kind of way yeah and um the, the friendship that I had in college that I referenced in the beginning, it brought me back to, there's this one time where we were like hanging out uh, with like a couple guys or something. And she was, she was very Jennifer. She was very much a Jennifer. And she just started like roughhousing with me and like, kind of like trying to wrestle me and stuff right and which is crazy because if you know me like I am (laughs) the I am the most like I'll I'm a couch sloth unless you put on (laughs) unless you put on music and then like yes I will dance my ass off I'll be the last one off the floor but like any other physical movement right (laughs) yeah like I'm not trying to wrestle with you girl okay um but she she was just like come on let's wrestle and she was like and this girl was athletic so she was like 
taking me down. What the fuck? <laughs> and like something like that, it's like that sort of like, I don't know, like woman to woman, there's, you know, like with a guy, it's like, well, you're a girl. I can't, I'm not supposed to hit you. But like woman to woman, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> let's like fuck around. Let's do some shit. Like, yeah. Like, getting aggressive getting passionate um yeah i just there's a i don't know can anyone else relate out there no dara like yeah i get it like it's not me but i get it because i've I've, like watched it my whole life you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i've watched this happen and it also i think that they do a good job of not only showing that like yes their relationship at times it it does turn just like overtly sexual but like needy is discovering her sexuality through her more powerful friend which is a tale truly as old as old as time absolutely she's figuring out herself through observing her friend and I just I don't know I think one of the really cool things about this movie too is like you never you never see Needy like judging Jennifer for being sexual or like wanting to be overtly sexual or like wanting men to like her. She just sort of is in awe of her. She's inspired by her. Like she's spellbound for most of the fucking movie by her. She just thinks that she's like really cool. And Needy herself is also sexual. Like she fucks, you know what I mean? She's not like a virgin and she doesn't fit the typical like slasher rules she fucks you know what I mean she fucks and and then it all culminates in the the I think it's the final line where needy says um if you're bitten by the monster and you survive you take on some of their powers Mm -hmm. and and honestly like the first time I heard that line I was like dang that's so right because I did feel like in my own friendship being with this person who was like more out there, more sexual, more um, confident. I do remember like her sort of just like that attitude in a good way, rubbing off on me. Right. Totally. Yeah. Even though I had to be like, okay, we need to um, part ways. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> like it was nice knowing you girl but thank you for like giving me a little captain planet moment there and like giving me a little bit of your power exactly i have been changed for the better but, um we we must end this we simply must move on <laughs> totally. totally and yeah i mean i just i i just love the way both these girls are written there's not one that i like more than the other to be honest when i rewatch and i remember like when I was younger, just, you know, based on not being able to kind of go as deep into the movie mentally as I can now, I remember thinking that Needy was like really pathetic and stuff and like whatever. And she's presented on paper to be that way. I mean, my God, her name is Needy. Her her literal name is Needy. A touch (laughs) on the nose there. Right. They're like, helpless, come on. Uh, (laughs) I feel like Needy was like the placeholder name. And then someone was like, I don't know. I actually kind of like it. Right. Yeah. They're like, Needy girl one. And they're like, wait. But she's so, Needy herself is so fucking iconic because like I said, she breaks 
she breaks more horror tropes than Jennifer, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, up, like even at the very beginning of the movie, literally the first 10 minutes, when we're introduced to her, they're at that bar and she hears the band talking shit about her friend. And in any typical movie like that, like if this was Carrie, you know, Carrie would like put her hair in front of her face and like walk into a corner and hide. But she walks right up to them and is like, fuck both of you. Don't talk about my friend like that. She's not going to fuck you. You guys are gross. Like she's a, she's really strong initially. She doesn't like, you know, she like discovers herself and stuff, but she doesn't have to like become strong. Like she's strong the whole time. And she, from the very beginning, she is taking care of herself. She's taking care of her friend. Yeah. Um, she never brings her mother into it. Like, I think it's really interesting that we we know that she has a mother and we know that she has a mother who cares about her, but she's also like this, probably the single, she is a single mother. And I feel like, you know, right. Needy doesn't go to her mother and say, I need help. She cleans up Jennifer's mess in that first that first night when she like pukes blood all over her floor right yeah she just cleans it up by herself and you know this is my problem I'll take care of it on my own and not burden anybody like that's very very strong she doesn't even I mean she she hardly even lets her boyfriend help her she extends the the opportunity he doesn't really take it and she says okay I'm gonna do this on my own yeah, and this movie, her boyfriend, if anything, is more of the damsel. Like, he plays mm-hmm. more of the traditional female role in a horror movie um, where he ends up having to be saved and he doesn't believe what's going on and all of that stuff. Um, Needy spends the whole movie, like, chasing after the danger. Like, she literally, yeah, like, goes to the library, like, learns all the stuff about the occult. Like, you know, at the end when they're in, the like, the pool she literally from across town she sprints to save her boyfriend who's like essentially tied to the train tracks and she dives into the fucking pool and like jumps on top of Jennifer who she knows is a literal demon like she's actually really fucking cool (laughs) and I I did think um when she jumps into the pool, I was like, damn, I would, um, I would take one look at that pool and be, I'd be like, no, thank you. And I'm serious about, it. I will say, actually, if I were needy and this is my own character flaw is I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to keep all this Jennifer stuff to myself and I'm right. just going to be real nice to her. And then when we go to college, like she can, she can go on <laughs> yeah. her merry way do your thing girl I'll be seeing you uh, Lila's <laughs> like good luck with it all wherever you end up <laughs> um but yeah and I also one of the things that I definitely wanted to talk to you about is you know obviously so this movie is written by Diablo Cody mm-hmm. and I feel like Diablo Cody went into this movie sort of hoping to make a cultural sort of coming of age clueless mean girls heathers i think probably more specifically heathers yeah um it feels like 
she went into this like wanting to make that kind of film that kind of defines a generation and it's sad that that didn't happen because you can feel like the world building here like yeah she created a language I mean they use like words and shit that are they use the word freak freak tard like they oh my god (laughs) Diablo and her like trying to create a vernacular it that was the one thing on the third watch where I was like Hmm. I love her writing and everything. And I I think her writing has definitely influenced my writing, but I do think that creating a vernacular is a little like, okay. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you don't dial it back a touch. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to do that. Like you don't have to literally create (laughs) a vernacular like Clueless and like Heather's like, it's fine if you don't. And if anything, I think it's probably the worst thing about this movie. Yeah. Um, like, maybe just sprinkle it. Like, Fuck Me Gently with a Chainsaw is, you know, is perfect. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I I mean, I haven't seen Heathers in a long time. But, like, I feel like that's the only, there's not that many instances of, like, just, here's a new word. There's a new word. This is a new word. Right. There's right. a little bit of, like, trying to make fetch happen yes that I'm just like okay let's let's leave it to like one per act totally agree with that and if you are gonna do that if you're gonna go full clueless and create like a world where literally every single thing everybody says is specific to this world it's got to be really good like that's why clueless was so effective is because it was so it felt like language that we had heard before because we had but it was sort of twisted in this more modern way for the time this is not that like this is them using like just saying like really really dumb shit and a lot of it teeters on being like really inappropriate now oh yeah that was an I was like whoa this is um this this would not fly (laughs) right I'm like uh well (laughs) (laughs) but um all that to say that you obviously you and I having this conversation we can't ignore the fact that Jennifer's body has gone on to represent this very specific sort of subcategory of youth culture on the internet yes it is cherry twitter is Jennifer's body (laughs) look at you like coming up with your own (laughs) vanac you know what I mean though Yes. (laughs) Like, it literally is. And I don't know how to describe it if you're not somebody who, like, uses Twitter. It's, like, almost impossible to describe. But it's just, like, this movie created, like, a vibe. It's, you know what I think on some level when when they hashtag y2k aesthetic mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like this yeah on some level it's like it's hashtag jennifer's body aesthetic it's so true you're so right oh my god that's so true it really is it's like it's like uh it's like this movie created a type of girl to emulate it also feels very, um, tell me if this makes sense, Tumblr to me. 
Yes. Like, oh I my feel God. like it's yes. such a Tumblr vibe. One thousand percent. It's so like 2014. Yes. 2014. Um, it's like queer, it's feminist. Like we've all just been given the permission from like Beyonce to call ourselves feminists without being like, um, hey, I'm a feminist, but I don't hate men. Right. Um, which let me say caveat, I was never that person because I've always hated men. (laughs) 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 But just like that, like, like a sort of like misandry, like we're getting into Daria. We're Mm. like, after the fact, we're getting into Jennifer's body. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) No, you're completely right. And you know it's just when you scroll through the internet and like now it's I feel like now it's this movie is so like oversaturated that maybe this is like we're on the tail end of it being like a thing but like you said it is like very 20 it's like Tumblr era like there was a moment at the peak of Tumblr being like a really cool website um where this movie was like you couldn't escape the imagery of it it was literally everywhere it was every everybody's profile picture gifts memes like it's just and the like the gif of her burning her tongue I think is like oh my god it will go in the internet vault you know well and uh, like they they put out her um little zip up uh juicy couture like heart hoodie mm-hmm. on I think it was doll's kill Mm-hmm. They have it up every so often. And I think it like instantly sells out every time. Yeah. It's because so- I wanted to get one. And I was like, oh, I saw that they had it yesterday and now it's gone. And it's funny because like I've read that like the one that they use in the movie is just like a like a, a kid's zip up. Our Megan loves a kid's a kid's outfit. <laughs> right, she does. Like it's literally like a, a kid zip up from like a department store. But uh yeah, it's just funny. It's just funny the way that Gen Z has sort of attached all of these thoughts and ideas onto this movie as far as like what it means to have this movie represent you online. Like it's just like a weird thing, I guess. Well, okay, I would like to say then for for the Gen Zers out there, um, may I suggest as um con- a continuation of viewing is the movie Ginger Snaps. Mm, yes. Oh my God. I, yes. I watched it for the first time, actually, only a couple weeks ago. And I, it was a movie I had always wanted to watch because I would go through, through Blockbuster and I'd like walk through the horror section and I would just like look at the VHS covers and be like, Ooh, I, I want to watch that. And I want to watch that. But like my parents would never let me. Right. Ginger Snaps was one of those, those covers. Um, and I finally watched it and it is, there's a lot of Jennifer's body that's like pulled directly from it. I think. I think so too. When I saw the slow motion scene, cause I just watched yes. Ginger Snaps and that slow motion scene, I was like, okay, obviously every, you know, coming of age film has a slow motion hallway scene it's almost like mandatory but the comparisons between specifically those two 
it, yeah it, it's at the same point in the story of <laughs> ginger snaps as she turns into a werewolf but as she's like turning when we first like realize her power she has a strut down the hallway mm-hmm. it looks the shot looks exactly the same it does it does and look also exactly the same. her her sister in the movie is like pretty much the same character as needy it's so true oh my god you're so right and she's becoming a monster whoa mm-hmm. uh-huh. and her sister is all by herself like trying to figure it out right the little boy helper I really, I love it in Jennifer's body because it's like, it's just so beautifully shot because the school is in mourning because everybody keeps dying and everybody in the school is in black or gray and everything's kind of darked out behind her. And she's just in this like neon vibrant, like she couldn't be, she's literally glowing. Like literally she's like smiling ear to ear. Her skin looks incredible she's bouncing in slow motion like it's just so it's just so iconic it's so like another um another trope that I love and you just made me think of it by saying the schools in mourning is um a town like we see this in scream like a town experiencing multiple murders and everyone not being like okay no one's leaving the house right nobody all cares. hands on deck right it's just like oh the homecoming dance and the, <laughs> and the boy's mom is like hey there's some crazy serial killer on the loose and he likes little boys well have fun <laughs> yeah totally his mom's like here's some female pepper and like what is female pepper female spray? peppers <laughs> what does that mean is it <laughs> glittery pepper spray like what does that mean you know what it is it's pepper spray on like the open market is only ever for the most part marketed towards women I I mean I've never met a man in my life who's carried pepper spray so true my god that's so true I like I have a pink pepper spray I have like a vibrant um teal pepper spray love that you know you, you got you get your lady's pepper spray it's so true women carry women carry pepper spray to save themselves from men men carry bear spray to protect themselves from bears if they're like (laughs) camping you are so fucking right men don't carry and if men do i mean of course men carry weapons but they literally carry like artillery like they carry like crazy knives that are like hieroglyphic and you know guns and shit that's so funny I mean all weapons that are for women which is pepper spray and and like brass knuckles but the brass knuckles are like um shaped like a cat with two little pointy cat ears yeah still cute for your keys (laughs) still so cute it's just like little cat ears (laughs) it's so true oh my god i've never really thought about that it's terrifying to be a woman troy (laughs) god speaking of um speaking of bears i do want to talk about i want to talk about jennifer's like sex in this movie Mm. um because I just think it's so well done like 
every time she hooks up with a guy, the circumstance is so completely fucking outrageous. Any like rationally thinking person, like if the roles were reversed and a woman was brought to an abandoned house, the woods. Oh my God. They would be naturally freaking the fuck out. But this movie is like basically saying like men are so desperate to have sex with women that they will ignore in anything. I mean, they they literally like every single scenario, like there's a million red flags and the guys are terrified, but they're like, but we're going to have sex, right? You know what I mean? It's just so yeah. funny. Well, and I think there's also another layer to it too of the way women are taught to trust their instincts and trust Mm. their gut. Um, I think, I think that's a conversation that like a lot of parents or mothers have with their daughters of like, you know, if men are dangerous, men are dangerous. So like, if, you know, something feels wrong, like don't go alone with men, men are never taught to, look at the red flags and be like oh I could be in danger because why would I ever be scared of a a woman like the idea that a girl could hurt them is so foreign that you would keep pushing forward because okay this might be weird but she must be into some weird sex stuff right it never occurs to guys like oh no she might hurt you you're so fucking right and it literally goes to the point that she's like she's sort of like pompous about it. Like she's literally making fun of them as she's like removing their belts and stuff. You know what I mean? Like when she tells the football player, like you're going to see your friend soon (laughs) as she's taking his belt off, like your friend just died and she's telling you that you're going to see him soon. And you're still just like waiting for your belt to be undone. You know what I mean? It's like, huh? You mean like when I die and go to heaven? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do love it. Also, have you ever seen um, the Smokers with Busy Phillips? I don't think so. It is. It's not a good movie. It's also batshit insane. <laughs> um, but it just reminds me of this in the sense of how, like, men are just not raised to be afraid of a tr- like any women, but especially attractive women like so these girls it's basically like a rape revenge movie where these three girls go on a rape spree of men holy shit and and like it is it is jerk (laughs) yeah um it's also like not a good movie um i feel like it's like probably scrubbed from the internet or something but it like they're able to do this because nobody takes them seriously nobody takes teenage girls seriously nobody sees like that there could be anger and violence inside of them right and like violence that's like something that you should actually be afraid of that isn't you can't yes. like you can't grab every woman's shoulders and shake her into getting her senses back you know what I mean exactly like, it doesn't always work that way 
Um, speaking of, I do think that there's, so I watched um, a Screen Prism video about Jennifer's body before we started recording, and they made a really interesting point about her assault that, you know, normally, I thought this was like really fascinating. They talked about how uh, around the time that this movie came out, you know, there were other movies that had really, really intense rape scenes that were praised, like the remake of The Last House on the Left, Um, oh yeah and remember like all of the male critics like were obsessed with that long drawn out slow burn traumatizing really fucking intense rape scene it got like such rave reviews and um in this movie and they showed everything and it's ironic like in this movie they chose not to like when she gets assaulted it's very non-sexual and they show they don't show the violence like there's no mm-hmm. sh- they don't show the knife like going through her they it's all blurry and and they show his hand going up but they never show it actually happening the movie doesn't become really violent or really sexual until it's jennifer yeah killing people that's when the movie becomes violent <clears throat> because it's like you know that's obviously that's the result of what happened to her it's like that violence and that rage comes out through her and that's so interesting it's it's very interesting and it's also it's so obvious that a woman would be writing and a woman would be directing this because to me I feel like you don't the the joy of watching a horror movie is even no matter how scared you are you know that like this will never happen to you um like michael myers is never going to come after you like right. there's never going to be some unkillable monster coming after you mm-hmm. you know um but using um rape which is such a real life fear that everyone that every woman has to fear and right. Uh, many 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 women have experienced right that takes it from horror movie to like exploiting trauma in my opinion right I agree with that that I mean and it's so funny that like the critics were so because they were even saying like you know a lot of the men who reviewed this movie when it came out didn't even include that scene in their review they literally ignored that scene you know what it is okay so sorry um just just you know really like getting into my npr like um, no academia so based on what i just said a second ago it makes sense that men would watch last house on the left and just gush over that scene because to most men not all men um male sexual assault is is a real thing right but to the average man that sort of rape is a horror that they know will never happen to them it is michael myers Mm, oh my god yeah it's so intangible to them that they can hover above it and critique it without like feeling that 
that very real fear that women go through. Wow, that was like, that was profound. I mean, you don't have to say that just because I set it up as being profound. If you (laughs) want to say that, you can. That was really good. No, but you're completely right because it's obvious that that was, I mean, to not include that scene, which is literally the catalyst for the entire movie, to not include that. Like it's, it's obvious that it just had such little effect on you and it could only have little effect on you if it's something, you know, because you don't perceive it to be real in your world. That is, that is actually bonkerinos to not include that scene when that is the creation of the monster. Yeah. We don't have the movie without that scene. Right. Like she doesn't just, she's not just a sexy girl who eats boys and has sex. Like that's not the movie. It's yeah, it's wild. And I also think, you know, that's watching that now, you know, again, post me too, post like the world that we're living in currently, I was like, wow, Promising Young Woman would not have been a movie if this didn't come out. No. This literally, like this is, basically the whole concept of Promising Young Woman is Jennifer's body, just like more obviously based in reality, but like it's the same movie. And I thought one of the things that they did, that they, the way that they explored her assault in this movie that I thought was really interesting and something that they also did in Promising Young Woman was that they showed the trickle-down effect of how her assault not only affected her and left her feeling really empty and angry and like hardened. She was like, you know, she started viewing men as just like these objects and, you know, at the beginning of the movie, she like idolizes men and like puts them on this pedestal and is so desperate to please these douchebags in this band and then she, after her assault, she's like literally ripping their heads off. Um, but they also show like the effects that her assault had long-term on her best friend who was close to her. And, well, and, and also like you think about it even further out that we don't even see in, for the most part in the movie is like, it affects her best friend. It affects, you know, her best friend is put away into a mental institution what did that do to her single mother who had nobody else? What right. did it do to Jennifer's mother who, you know, her life is now ruined by this trauma. Like yep. the reverberations throughout an entire community. Right. Totally. And it, yeah, it just reminded me so much of a uh, promising young woman because obviously the whole movie kind of revolves around her, like not living her life anymore because of the assault and death of her friend. Um, it was just so effective. Like it was just so, it's just so nuanced and like small, but also really big at the same time. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it really is just too smart for the average horror, bro. It is. It really is. Like it's truly the Rubik's cube of horror movies. Honestly, (laughs) it's the, the emotional Rubik's cube of horror movies. Um, You know, you know what I would love to know, actually, hmm. is I think particularly because this was pre-Me Too, um, and most, or the average male movie critic um, probably wasn't forced to, like, look at movies like this in a nuanced way back in 2009. Um, I wonder how many of the critics who were, like, yeah, would go back and watch the movie again with a more like 
thoughtful and less dismissive eye. I know. I bet you that a lot of them have to be really embarrassed with the way that they reviewed the movie. I'll I'll bet because also it just the way we're now relitigating how we treated these young women of the time. Right. Um and Megan Fox is in that conversation like oh she's just like a bimbo. She's mm-hmm. a hot bimbo. So like this movie is written directed by women it's for women this is just like a bimbo girly pick right totally girls try to do horror yeah exactly and fail miserably yeah that's exactly yeah and it and it that's what it was for 10 years and it's crazy because it's like I think that this movie is so oh it's hard to even this is one of those rare cases it's like a Carrie Bradshaw moment where this movie is so intensely tied to Megan Fox's life mm-hmm. that the lines are just completely blurred because it's like this movie was written with with Megan Fox in mind as the character based on the public's perception of her at the time and the way that the movie was treated ended up being the way Megan Fox was treated and now it's having a resurgence at the same time that Megan Fox is also like how it's it's really it's so meta that it feels like it's like it's like written by fucking Wes Craven like yeah it's the 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 scenario of the movie in Megan Fox's life is very scream and stab you know what I mean it's a lot wow you are so right yeah it's so it is so meta wow great it's, point <laughs> um, I'm looking through my notes to see if there's anything else that I wanted to cover I guess the last thing I wanted to say I do have in my notes that I wanted to bring up the point that just generally this movie does a good job of dipping in and out of horror and comedy like just so so well it really catches you off guard because you genuinely are laughing it's really genuinely funny yeah but then it's really horrific at times like truly yes and it all kind of comes out of nowhere where you're like holy fuck now she's like ripping this guy's stomach out but she just made a really funny joke like shit yeah I wonder how many people just based on the marketing and everything were really shocked by the movie like yeah you know there are moments where we see someone disemboweled in a deer chomping chimpity chomping on it (laughs) right and then she's making a joke about like you know her ass or something and you're like oh my god like it it goes back and forth so like sort of abruptly you never really know what direction it's going to go in which is fun um oh sorry go ahead no no no. go on go on I was just keep going (laughs) yeah I was just gonna say that the the last thing that I definitely wanted to talk about was the finale, the final little moment of the movie between. Uh, that is my favorite. Oh. To me, uh, that is it was transcendent. It like, it, to me after that it was like okay, this is what I want to like have in movies. Is this sort of like last moment just like absolutely yeah satisfying little coda almost like it's so short and without it it's a great movie without it 
but that last part makes you levitate out yeah. of a movie theater beyond beyond i think my favorite scene of this entire film is when they when she goes to her bedroom to fight her Ugh. and it's like so I've, I've heard Diablo Cody say that the movie is called Jennifer's Body because it's about, you know, everybody's seen Jennifer just as like the sexy body and not knowing anything about like her heart. And throughout at the beginning of the movie, Jennifer is like very aware that she has a heart and she's like a full person. But then after she gets assaulted, she's empty. And she says a bunch of times in the movie, like, I feel so empty. She talks about how sad she is when she's putting the concealer on her face and she like looks dead um and I love the scene where she first of all when she fucking rips the BFF necklace off yes and it's like that's the moment where she actually dies like that to me is so fucking cool because that's when she really dies it's not like when she gets stabbed it's almost an afterthought and you know, she says like, ow, my tit. And then Amanda Seyfried's like, no, your heart. Your heart. Not your tit, bitch. Your heart. <laughs> I stabbed your heart. Um, and she, like, that's an afterthought. The, her true death was ripping that BFF necklace off. Like she just, all of the life left her body. And I love the moment where the lights turn on and Jennifer's mom walks in. Mm. And like the real world, like, like I always, I love the moment after the moment Mm. where I feel like so often in horror movies or in action movies, anything where there's like violence, you really just see the violence. You don't see what it looks like after like the more mundane part of it, I think like we went through this like fantastical fight scene and then it's over no 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 it's not over the lights turn on here's reality jennifer's going to a prison institution yeah there's no talking her way out of this like you killed the beast and now there's still the rest of your life to live one fucking thousand percent and when her mom is holding her body it's like, you know, the whole movie is so sort of like, it's like a reality that isn't a real reality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it feels sort of cartoonish. But then in that moment, I feel like even for her, when she looks over at her and she sees that she's like lifeless, it's like a reminder that she was really just like a, a young girl. Like, yeah, she, was a she t- had a mother. Yeah. Like she's a mom now who's like fucking shattered and she was a young girl that had something horrible happen to her that ruined her life and now she's dead it just becomes very real in that moment they do they actually really do do a great job making it feel like for most of the movie that jennifer is kind of just this person who exists in needy's world Mm -hmm. and you just don't even think about what is going on at home like she's going home and like with all of this baggage you don't even think about like 
oh, she probably has parents that she's right. also dealing with. Like she's, we see her at school, but like she goes home and she has this whole other life that she's living that we never see. And then once she's dead, it's like, oh no, 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 no. She, she had like these other people who like loved her unconditionally. Right. And yeah, like it's, it's very interesting to have the like water splashed on you. Like, oh no, she had a mom. Yeah. This is a real person. Yeah. And even honestly, before she dies, when she's just laying in her bed, like to see her in her bedroom, just being sad because it's almost like if you look at all of this stuff metaphorically um, for just like the effects of rape and what it can do to a young girl, it's like, she has these moments where she eats these boys, right? And then she feels full and whole for mm. short periods of time. And she knows that it'll go away. And when it does go away, she's left feeling like empty and sad. And she's like, her hair is flat and her skin's dull, like she says earlier. And like, she just isn't herself until she finds another quick fix to make it better for like a moment. And then it happens again. And like seeing her... And, you know, and they even say at the beginning or, um, or when she shows like the effects that it had on her body, that she's like a demon now, like there are things about her that are like stronger and like in some ways she's more mature because she like immediately had to become a grown ass fucking woman in yeah. you know, a night. Um, but for the most part, like she's really sad and like even just seeing her in her bed be sad is like really effective. Like it just really, ugh. This movie is so good. I love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> I, for anybody watching or listening that hasn't actually watched the movie recently, um, it's on Amazon Prime and I could not recommend it more. It literally, it holds, not only does it hold up, it's better now than it ever was. And it was, yeah. you know what it is? At the end of the day, it was a movie that was ahead of its time, both mm-hmm. like, subject matter the people attached to it like every from top to bottom it was just a movie that you know the early two it was not for the early 2000s no god no jesus <laughs> jesus it really was not it it's got twas note <laughs> fucking ripped apart limb from limb <laughs> um well dara thank you so much for doing this to me this was like exactly what i hoped it would be this was truly a dream, um, <laughs> as always. Uh, love to talk about one of my fave films with one of my fave guys. Well, tell people where they can find you. Tell people about your podcast and what you're working on and the girls next door and all the things. Oh my God. Okay. Um, so my podcast is Lay Do You Remember This? Um, like the club, Lay Do. <laughs> Uh, it's all early 2000s nostalgia deep dives um, right now I'm doing a season on the girls next door um, a real deep dive into that you know just a lot of moments like this where you can't believe that in the early 2000s you know women were treated like they like they were not that they're not still treated that way but it's right. like socially acceptable <laughs> Um, but yeah, find me on there and, um, I'm very active on Instagram. (laughs) Lay, do you remember this on Instagram? And 
allegedly TikTok when I, <laughs> when I deign to post on there. <laughs> I honestly, I can't imagine anybody listening. I mean, I guess there's some, maybe some new listeners that don't know that we have a four-year recording uh, <laughs> recording history. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, Dara's podcast is fucking incredible. When I tell you that I I can't click fast enough when I see that there's a new Girls Next Door oh, episode. It's just, it inspired me to watch the whole series again, which I did, which is fucking psychotic. Uh, <laughs> it's even more psychotic out of order the way that I watch it. I just like let it play on YouTube the whole way through. Oh yeah. And it it's so, it, it's about nothing and it's about yeah. everything. So you right. can just like let it ride. Um, but it is also quite bizarre to to watch it um with a post me to lens yes yeah it's, it's uh it lends itself to the conversation that we just had like watching a bunch of young girls live with a, an abusive old man and you know be at his beck and call and do things to get his attention I mean it's really just like the weirdest experience but you guys if you haven't listened to Dara's podcast in general but specifically those episodes have just been beyond like honestly so so good um and yeah Troy my king I love you (laughs) I love you and I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode Dara thank you again and of course bye thank you for listening to Dunzo this podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network please take a moment to rate review and subscribe if you haven't already also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.